0: Welcome, Stefan.
1: Hey, hey, how's it going?
0: It's going well. How about with yourself?
1: I'm good, just as per usual, doing what I can in the space.
0: <laughs> Where are you at these days? You've been to eat Barcelona? you back home? Yeah, I
1: <laughs> literally ended up doing the Austin to New York to Barcelona uh, <laughs> conference circuit, basically. Did not go to Paris. I'm not embarrassed. Um, needed a break. Also doing some stuff back home right now. So just timing was interesting. But I'm I'm back home in the Bahamas now. Here for a bit, most likely until I'm gone. I think. Cool.
0: Yeah, there's just so much going on, and I see like on Twitter, like some people are like on every conference. Like okay, one week it's in the US, then it's in Europe, then it's in the US, then it's in Europe. Like how do these people do this? Like.
1: Honestly, I don't know. I after Barcelona, I was completely wiped out. Like, no, I I can't do anything else.
0: Yeah, I don't think I've ever been in like two in a row. Like, I have to get home at least for a few weeks and before going onwards. Yeah, I I mean I don't know. We'll see how
1: long this kind of thing lasts. I don't know if it's going to be back and forth each year like it is now. Maybe maybe next year it'll. it'll slow down a little bit but who knows there might be just more people doing a hundred different things
0: yeah so far it's only been more and more conferences now we'll see the bear market maybe (laughs) there's less i actually hope there's less but it's okay it's okay like during covid there was none and we were crying oh there's nothing happening fucking covid and now we're like oh it's too much happening
1: (laughs) we went from one extreme to the next because cause that's what we do. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, I don't have any specific, like, questions and things that I want to get in into you. Just like a, such a vibes, man. I thought, like, I just had to get you on here and uh, talk to you, but without uh, any specific pre- specific preparations. We'll uh, just make it fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, usually, that's how I usually do it. Like, even with uh, people that I have some, like, specific things, I still don't prepare questions. I like to make keep it, like, conversational emergent yeah so what are you doing uh, back home is that related to something like in your private life or to the caribbean alliance crypto caribbean is that how it's called
1: yeah so i mean you know home is home but also actually end of this month actually next week so for background i you know people know me from dallas but i also run the caribbean blockchain alliance which is basically a nonprofit focused on blockchain adoption in the region mostly through education Um, so we've done a lot of different education kind of small and large programs over the years mostly like through webinars workshops maybe a few courses or there that kind of thing but always like on the ground always like interacting with people so what we're doing now is basically a intro to web 3 workshop series that'll last about two weeks closer to like a week and a half but each day is just like a different Basically, different section of Web3. So, there's going to be a, a small developer track. There's going to be obviously a DeFi track, NFT track. We're going to basically just showing people all the various aspects that they can get into, but it's also going to be very practical, meaning that they're going to actually be using these systems, right? So, for example, with DeFi, they're going to like actually use Uniswap, actually use Aave, for example, and like NFTs are going to like mint an NFT. So, it's not Most of actually what we've done in the past, especially when they weren't developer focused, is kind of just like, hey, here's crypto. Hey, here's what the blockchain is. But this is going to be like very practical, very hands-on at the end of the day. So I'm I'm excited about that. And we have, you know, a few people who are like doing these lectures. For example, we have uh, Diana Sinclair doing the NFT track, who's like one of the more known uh, NFT artists, we have Jim from Ave, OX Jim, doing the DeFi track. So it's like it, there's also this factor of giving people access to, you know, people in the space that they wouldn't have access to otherwise. So yeah, just really looking forward to it. And I think it's going to be really cool. And the idea after this is that we're going to kind of put people in groups based on the track or maybe even by the country and <laughs> continue to provide them learnings. And then, you know, eventually turn those groups into mini DAOs and, Get them to start building together and creating things together. And that's going to like drive everything that happens in the future. But yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> All right. Very cool. And uh, this is the first time you're
0: doing that there?
1: In this format, yeah. We've definitely done like a few years back, for example, we did a workshop and a hackathon strictly like specifically for devs in the Bahamas. And then over time, we've done like you know, different webinars, different workshops, small scale is probably a somewhat larger scale in comparison. But it's also region wide, which means anyone in the Caribbean can be a part of it and can join it. So I think it will be interesting to see like which countries are represented, you know, who does what, like who decides to go to the DeFi route, who decides to go to the NFT route or who just does all of them.
0: Yeah, I love that it's so practical and uh, this idea of like continuing it by launching uh, multiple DAOs out of it yeah i mean this is something that kind of at least at least for the caribbean is is pretty
1: unprecedented not only the type of learning but also the you know the style of what we're doing afterwards because i definitely see DAOs becoming the main point of access for the caribbean because in a lot of places for pretty much the most part exchanges are still pretty difficult to get access to in terms of like on ramps and off ramps so if you have people working in DAOs, for example where they're either they may be, you know, for example, working for stable coins or working for ETH or working for a native token, that will probably end up being the way that people get crypto for the first time and actually can engage with, you know, DeFi or whatever afterwards now that they're they're working either fully or partly for crypto. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how that changes things over time and just gets people more into the
0: ecosystem where they just couldn't do it before. And uh how fucked is the off ramp like how are you you trying to solve that or are people just going to be keeping it in the crypto what they earn in daos what's the idea there yeah i mean
1: the on-ramp off-ramp thing is something i've been trying to you know work towards fixing for a long time it's it's very difficult just because there's so many different factors that go into it including like central bank rules laws in general banking regulations both within the region and outside the region. So there's so many different moving parts that it's just really hard to fix. But if, and you know, I know this is a big goal, but if we end up having, let's say a lot of people working in Dallas or a lot of people, you know, working like earning crypto for work, then my hope is that we'll start getting more and more people, like people on the ground, like merchants and whatnot, that actually engage in crypto too, or maybe accept it for, for goods. And that's something that, you know, people have been trying to wanting to make happen for a long time. For the most part, it hasn't. But I think as more people create DAOs or join DAOs as their main or even secondary, like, job or, or work platform in any kind of sense, then that may end up bringing more adoption, like, on the ground, basically. So we'll see if it happens. I, but I do think this is probably the best bet rather than trying to force it like any other kind of way.
0: Yeah, more grassroots and more people caring, get people uh, tokens and then they start caring about being able to (laughs) off-ramp and then you get actual off-ramp.
1: Yeah, grassroots has to be key because, I mean, let's be real, the space right now is still largely monolithic in a lot of ways and getting these grassroots efforts is how everyone can come in. So yeah, just (laughs) trying to make that happen as much as humanly possible. But it, it's going to take a while. It's a long effort, but it, it's definitely worth doing.
0: It's such a critical piece and I feel like uh, a lot of us are taking it for granted these days. Like uh, in Croatia, you can just cash out straight to the bank or you can get a Binance card or something and start start spending. But then like uh, just across the border in Bosnia, it's like so much harder. I don't know what it's like these days, but like last year I was talking to a friend and he was telling me like it was... Pretty much impossible up until uh, a few months earlier. Like, people would have to go to Croatia to like <laughs> cash out and <laughs> get back to Bosnia. And it's like the same continent. Like, yeah. <laughs> Between
1: Croatia and Bosnia, it's like night and day, depending on like comparing access. But why is that? Is that like the laws or?
0: Uh, yeah, just uh, different. Uh, it's a different country, different law. We are also part of the european union so like we have a lot of the european union's laws ah that's right our government is corrupt and theirs is like so corrupt it's uh, hard to call it government instead of mafia (laughs) so that's definitely a part of the problem i feel that and yeah that's still in europe like i can't imagine it's like you're in the like islands in the middle of the fucking ocean you can't just go to a bordering country and sell crypto and come back you have to like fly somewhere
1: no that's the thing right it's like
0: <laughs> crypto crypto
1: is so important for the Caribbean in, in the sense of you know technically already solved so many problems and, and will as, as things open up it will solve a lot of problems but we have to get to the point where we can access it properly so we can solve the problems so it's like a very
0: strange kind of almost kind of chicken and egg kind of thing and how did you get in? Did you then uh, earn your first crypto or did you buy it from someplace else? (laughs) So it's funny. I I got in not
1: really on the crypto side at all. It was more of like, I was really interested and really focused on the blockchain architecture side because I was really into fintech like a number of years back when like fintech was really popping off and I was like, oh, this is really cool. This is like you know, a new kind of paradigm away from the traditional financial system. It's all these like very modern, very kind of millennial styles of interacting with finance. But then I realized very quickly that (laughs) a lot of the things that FinTech was supposed to be, it actually wasn't like, it's still, it was still completely connected to the traditional financial system. And for the most part, it just didn't work in like many parts of the global global South. It, didn't work in the car like for example like things like cash app stripe uh, all those kind of things they just didn't work in the caribbean so i realized okay this thing that i thought was really cool actually doesn't help me at all and then i because i I mean i'd heard about like bitcoin and stuff before i didn't really pay too much attention to it even though i was still kind of like looking at it in the background but it was when people started talking more about like blockchain as a like a, a technology or as an architecture that's when I really started paying attention when I learned about that I was like oh this is this kind of already solves all the problems that I was looking for you know like it is it's it's you know unattached to the traditional financial system and it, it's global by default which means it could work anywhere so as like after I realized that I paid more attention to it and then about a year later so this is this is like 2015 or I really dove into it and then like end of 2016, a few, a few people who I'd connected to who were also just like interested in, in blockchain in the Caribbean, including this company called Bit, which is like the first Bitcoin and blockchain related company in the Caribbean at all. Um, so we ended up starting the Caribbean blockchain lines. And that was like just this, this a tiny community, maybe like five, six people who were passionate about it. And over time that grew to about I think it's like around like 200 people now and then we created these mandates that were focused on like education also public policy like talking to governments and regulators and stuff like that and just working all these on all these different things trying to bridge adoption which obviously you know we knew from the beginning it was going to be a very long and difficult path but
0: we're still we're still pushing good what's the (laughs) what is the the, it's like some of the biggest uh, challenges
1: maybe? Yeah, so the biggest one by far is definitely the on-ramp, off-ramp thing. Outside of that, it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting because obviously the Caribbean is made up of a bunch of different countries, which means that, you know, each government, each central bank, each regulatory agency sees things differently and, and moves differently. So if you look at, say, Bahamas, Barbados, and Bermuda, those three have, like, really pushed forward to embrace the space, especially the Bahamas, like, you know, they were the first to have a CBDC, central bank digital currency. They also had a, so all all three of those also had very good laws from the Securities Commission about like crypto businesses and stuff like that, and the Bahamas like really pushed forward making that happen as well, which is why FTX ended up coming to the Bahamas. And between both of those things, it's just been like more crypto companies interest in coming down more people trying to figure out like how things work so so we're definitely seeing progress i think the biggest problem is that a lot of the other countries just haven't done that yet so it, it's just kind of like trying to figure out so like what i'd really love to see is is just like a regional regulatory framework for crypto but you know every country just wants to do its own thing so it, it there's this pretty much an imbalance where you have like some countries like yeah let's embrace crypto other countries like yeah we want nothing to do with it and we won't let you mess with
0: it that kind of thing so i think those are definitely the main issues but in the bahamas then uh, the problem is fixed or is like you get uh... (laughs) the yes and no (laughs) (laughs) it's um
1: so like in terms of the securities commission for example they, they've definitely done a good job and they've come a long way in terms of like figuring out how to just deal with crypto and deal with people who are using crypto and all that kind of stuff but the central bank still has how do i put this very old rules and rules that aren't helpful which makes that and that's actually part of the on-ramp issue in terms of like how crypto is seen like whether it's seen as like a foreign currency or how people are able to buy or not necessarily trade. Because if you're if you're trading peer to peer crypto, you have no issues. But it's it's more so the the purchasing of it also. I, again, the the banking regulations separate to that are also still an issue. So it's like in some ways it, it's it's fixed, but in some ways we still have a lot of problems and it's still going to take a little while to to get there, which is why I, I definitely think like the earning of crypto through DAOs is still absolutely the best way and then at the same time you you know do you want people to buy crypto or do you want them to earn it i, I definitely prefer them to earn it because if you're buying it that's that, that 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 has to be money that people don't necessarily have so earning is always better
0: i agree but uh yeah so like you got into crypto through through being interested in fintech then i guess you were interested in DeFi. but uh, these days you seem more interested in daos is that true, or does it just seem that way? <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely, is
1: definitely true. I mean, that's that's been a whole journey for me. So, I mean, <laughs> it was it was actually twenty twenty. I think it was like June, June or July. I quit my job, like my normal job, to to dive into crypto full time. Still wasn't sure. I mean, you know, outside of CBA, I obviously wanted to expand that, but outside of that, I didn't know what else I wanted to like focus on, but DeFi summer happened to be happening at the time, so I, I kind of played around with that and just saw what was going on. Then shortly after a good friend of mine who was like a really early NFT collector, he just told me to get involved in NFTs. so I started paying attention to that and I had a lot of fun, like interacted with a lot of artists, did a lot of work like onboarding artists and supporting artists and stuff like that, we started a few of us started like Herstory DAO, which was basically a, a small Collector DAO. That was the only non-artist in it. It was like mostly Black women artists who wanted to collect other art from from either their friends or people they wanted to support. So that was cool. That was my first DAO. I was already like interested in it and interested in the toolings and stuff like that. So that was that was a good experience. And also like I was before that because my background's in economics, especially labor economics. Like I was really interested in in cooperatives and actually had written a paper on it for my thesis so when i really started paying more attention to DAOs, i was like wait this is actually very similar and this is really cool so i kind of i definitely shifted more towards that so so at that time which is like maybe let's say early 2021 i was definitely kind of mixed between um just like nfts in general and also like exploring more about DAOs, and then over time i just got more and more into daos and like mcon i think was like the big shift for me where i was like yeah i'm gonna focus fully on daos so yeah and then it was let's say september or october 2021 like last year i joined the daoist and prime dao at the same time so it's kind of working for both working with both then i focusing a little more on the Taoist. so that's what i was doing for between you know, end of 2021 and, and early 2022, and then I recently left to join Govern full time, basically, and that's that's where I'm at now. It's been about a month.
0: What were you doing there
1: at the Dowister Prime Dow? Prime Dow is mostly comms and communication, but also a little bit of research, because obviously with Prime Dow, the focus is on doubt it out collaboration. So I also did a little bit of research on just like what was happening with doubt it With like the Dow to Dow landscape at the time, but it was mostly communications. And then the Dallas is pretty similar for for a long time. I was also like running comms. Also later on, was doing some just in general some Dow ops as well. But yeah, it was it was a ride. And the um, the the Dallas event in Amsterdam, the the global governance gathering, was incredible, and just had a really good time. Helping out with it, hosting part of it, like it was a really good experience and just an amazing event.
0: Yeah, that was awesome. That was a lot of fun. But yeah, the reason I'm asking is because it's like sometimes it's hard to even explain to people what you do in DAOs. Like, there's many different parts, and like so. On the other hand, you have uh, newcomers who are like, "Oh, I'm not a developer, so there's nothing for me to do in crypto." Yeah. And it's like, hmm, I know there's so much to do, but I can't explain it <laughs> Like I don't even know how to explain what i'm doing <laughs> what are all these different roles that can be filled that's the thing
1: <laughs> yeah i I think honestly what the the n f t you know boom for lack of a better word, like what that did is it introduced a lot of people who weren't devs or didn't think they could be in crypto if they weren't a dev. It kind of introduced them to the ecosystem and they realized oh there's is this whole art thing. I'm an artist, I'm a musician, like I can do this. And then, you know, they learn more, they explore more and realize there's all this other stuff happening, which is why I think like, you know, the NFT boom kind of directly led into the DAO boom in terms of like a lot of people like being interested in DAOs or wanting to start DAOs. Because there's just this influx of people who weren't necessarily crypto native, but wanting to find out, wanting to discover. So all these these things kind of mesh together. Which is interesting that, like, it literally went from DeFi summer to like the interest in NFTs between, you know, end of 2020, early 20 to, to early 2021 was when that kind of boom started. And then the summer was just, the summer was just filled with everyone talking about DAOs. So it, it's, it's kind of wild how, how this happens. But yeah, I, I think the interest there and whether it's like, you know, people looking for, bounties or people like starting DAOs or people just kind of pushing forward to see what they can do. There's so much opportunity. Even now in this bear market, there's still so many DAOs just need people and people from everywhere. And that's the beauty of this thing being the future of work, right? Like you could literally have any kind of background and find something to do in DAOs.
0: Right. Just come in and start being useful, taking notes to calls and shit like that. Instead of coming to the Discord and be like, "Hey, I want to help. <laughs> Tell me what to do." Right. It's it's <laughs> no. I mean, uh,
1: that's the cool part, and I, that's why I really liked. So, Aaron did. Aaron from Govern did a did a talk at ETH Barcelona, which is mostly focused on radical participation and like b- bottom up participation, where it's like you you join a DAO. You see something that needs to be done, you you jump up and do it. You don't necessarily have to wait for permission or or ask what to do. You kind of just like explore for yourself and then see what happens. And then that's kind of where where govern comes in, where you're you're basically recording your contributions, so there's always a record, and so that other people, especially like maybe the DAO operators or coordinators or whatever, can actually see what's being done. Because I think a lot of DAOs too, especially you know, the medium to largest size ones, <laughs> people have no idea what's actually happening in the DAO or like what work is being done. You know, they know that a few people are always doing a few things, but outside of that, there's, there's like a lot of work that goes unnoticed, basically. So it's like this, this idea of contribution management, I think is going to be really important and really good for, for DAOs as a whole.
0: Yeah, and I mean, even just like reporting problems is just uh, super valuable and even that is like super easy, super valuable and still people don't do it. Like sometimes I discover some like broken link that's probably like, oh shit, this shit has been broken for like six months and nobody <laughs> reported <that laughs> like anything. or Something like that. I'm like, why? Yeah.
1: And also like, what if, you know, you notice the link was broken, no one else did, and then you fix it and you don't like make record of that. So it's like, you don't, you're not know, making record of the problem and you're not making record of the solution. So everyone just like, like acting like nothing's happened because they, to them, nothing's happened.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. In our, in our case, uh, well, not on Notion. Like, it depends on where you fix it. Like, if you fix it through GitHub, then source code knows and automatically rewards you. But if you fix a broken link in Notion, then yeah, nobody knows. <laughs> you need to report it. But yeah, that was a whole uh, learning curve from, for me from like studying metagame and like expecting people to be a, a lot more autonomous. I thought, oh yeah, I'm gonna start a DAO and people will come and pick things up and do things, and then like you realize like most people coming in will not even say anything, and then like most of those who say something will ask how they can help and then disappear <laughs> and shit like that.
1: Yeah. It, it it's it's really hard cuz like people kind of do need to be people first need to understand what being autonomous means and then then they can actually do it but that I, like a lot of people come in and just like aren't cuz i mean it's it's a completely different type of way to work so a lot of people aren't used to it or maybe even aren't ready for it so it's like it's it's a mentality shift really so that makes it a hard but actually i definitely want to hear more about like your entry i know you're the, I know you're the host but <laughs> but like how you got
0: in like start a metagame and everything yeah, it's definitely not just a technological barrier and problem but just like yeah understanding how these things operate and how it's like working at DAO completely different than having a job uh, for me it was always uh, actually about DAOs so like originally I would just uh, I would just into researching like these sort of uh, alternative economic systems, starting from way back from like uh, the Venus Project, uh, research-based economy, and then I was researching like uh, eco-villages, self-sustainable villages, that sort of thing. And then when I found it, and like everything clicked, I was like, "Oh shit! Like this is the technological uh, like software layer for establishing these sort of new kind of uh, socio-economic systems." So like my brain was blown. That was like 2016. And then I was uh, just uh, joining a few projects meantime, and then eventually joined the the Meta Cartel, where I realized, okay, this is a a DAO, but it's a voting front-end and a Telegram chat. Like, (laughs) where is the organization part? Like, I don't know who are these people? What's going on? Like, what uh, sort of projects are happening? What can people do to help? And all that sort of things. So MetaGame really started as it was called the, the Meta Cartel Black Paper, and I wanted to fix the onboarding and uh, navigation inside the, inside of it to like yeah, just add some structure, different roles and uh, different paths that people can take to start contributing, things like that. And then as uh, this whole concept uh, developed, like into this idea of a platform, and then I thought like if we're going to be building this whole platform, then it doesn't make sense to build it just for this. One DAO, but it should be like a general platform where other DAOs can plug in. And so, this sort of use this opportunity to like uh, start it metagame like, okay, I'm going to try, try to solve this uh, onboarding navigation problem in the DAO space, but really long term uh, thinking like using this as the opportunity to start something that I, I never would have uh, had the courage to start without uh, this community or without having a decent uh, starting niche. Because, you know, like, uh, we want to like build this whole alternative socioeconomic system, and you can just be like, okay, do it. <laughs> like, it takes years and takes uh, some a place to start. Yeah, exactly.
1: It's, man, that's actually a really cool entry. And it's like, yeah, you're absolutely right. It, this is something you have to know is going to take years. It's so funny because, like, if you look at traders, you know, a lot of it is just very short-term, like day-in, day-out kind of thing, but you know, a lot, of, a lot of what we're trying to do is years and years and probably decades worth of work and planning and everything. But that's, we we definitely got to jam on, on like, alternative economic system at some, at some point because that's something I'm, you know, was always really passionate about, too. Like, whether it's cooperatives or, like, you know, even, like, anarchist communities and stuff like that.
0: Always down. Always down. That's really dope, though. Yeah. I mean, right now, it's uh, just one dollar trying to build the thing but really long term wanted to be a network of uh, different daos different uh, cooperatives anarchist communities however we want to call them or didn't even have to like they're not all gonna be the same but definitely like in phase two i wanted to i want us to fade into being just one of many organizations that are building it rather than just being the organization you can't build a new world as a single organization <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, a thousand percent. No, you're absolutely right. And I think I think that's the thing too. where like a lot of people still think, you know, it has to be one DAO to do this, or you don't want anyone else coming in. But it's like the world is vast, and we still have you know billions of people to bring into the space. So there's no way it can only be one organization. It has to be many, you know, coming together. And I think that the beauty of DAOs is that they can be networked and they can be brought together you know, through many different ways and just (laughs) having this kind of fluid connection between different organizations where you can go back and forth or or you can like collaborate with each other or help each other out. That's going to be really key. And I think that's where we're going to see a lot of beauty coming from this space. It makes me excited. Definitely.
0: It's just it's early for that and it's hard. I mean, uh, like just coordinating inside a single DAO is hard enough and then you have like this uh, cross-DAO collaboration and it's just <laughs> hard to get it going and to sustain it. And just, I mean, just like tracking work in this, like it's uh, just, yeah, it's hard to get, uh, just in general, just hard communicating across DAOs, incentivizing people across DAO, tracking work across DAOs, that's all like kind of unexplored territory we just like we're in still in the stage of hey a dao can make a proposal to another dao (laughs) it's almost as far as it goes
1: right exactly a lot of a lot of primitives we still need to build but we're building them and i think it's really cool to watch what's happening right now because a lot of this is going to last a very long time and it's going to create whole new yeah, systems and, and ecosystems. And I think, like, focusing on ecosystems is the best way to do something.
0: Yeah, I think it's definitely the Web3 way of doing it. You know, like, when I see some, like, Web3 Silicon Valley startup, it's like, oh, we're building a all-in-one platform for DAOs, so like, all-in-one platform for this thing or that thing. I'm like, oh, no, that's... <laughs> Please, don't. <laughs> Please
1: don't. Oh, man. Please don't. God, I make fun of those all the time. It's like if, like that's that's not what this is about. It's not how this works.
0: You're missing the whole point of interoperability.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Guys, uh, missing the point.
1: they'll they'll learn eventually. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Uh, I yeah, you're right. I hope so. We'll see.
0: Going back, going back to your transition from uh, uh, working uh, at Prime DAO and the Daoist into govern what was that like and what are you focusing on inside uh, govern
1: sure transition was was pretty easy so interestingly like i said when i started it was kind of like 50 50 the daoist and Prime out that basically ended up being like 100 percent the Taoist. so i was focusing on that um and then kind of ended up because uh, aaron and i you know had been talking about govern quite a bit like for a while uh me mostly from the outside obviously, but we had a lot of good conversations about like what they're building, uh, strategy and things like that. Um, so then when he, when he eventually asked me to join it, it just really made sense. I uh, so I ended up doing that. So I'm actually growth lead, uh, for govern currently. Um, and that's, you know, mostly, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of everything, right? It's like getting users, talking to users, um, Talking to DAOs, we, we interestingly have kind of a focus both on um, DAOs that use govern, but also individual contributors that use govern. Um, and they don't necessarily have to be connected. Like you can be a contributor using govern, even if the DAO isn't using govern, because it's still, it's really about autonomy and ownership of your own work first. Um, and then if you have, you know, if you're a contributor using govern, and then later on the DAO starts using govern, like for, you know, in general that that makes it even better. But at the at the same time, use individual can definitely do it without this necessary connection. Um, so it's like we, we both talk to DAOs in terms of like coordinators in general, but also just contributors in general. Um, also definitely focusing on like partnerships, integrations, all that fun stuff. And then just, you know, regular media and communication stuff. So it's, it's a lot of different grounds to cover, but it's been pretty fun so far. Right. So, I mean, the, it's funny too. So we actually just launched V V1. Um, of the product, it's still in closed beta. So right now, the the DAOs that are, for example, were already using V zero um, have access to V one, and we're opening it up more over the next month, basically. But V zero was basically just a Discord bot, so you kind of put you record your contributions through the Discord bot, and it would save them, et cetera, et cetera. But now we, we have a full platform. But if you are like, let's say you're just, you know. As an individual contributor, is like you know you want to you want to do contribution management. You want to record your contributions, Um, whether or not you want to save them, you know, in perpetuity. You can mint it on. You can mint your contributions on chain um, if you want. If you don't want to, you don't have to. Uh, But I mean, obviously, that provides its own kind of value. Um, So they get minted as NFTs. Um, We'll probably like include more options like verifiable uh, credentials and stuff like that later on um, but you can do that like let's say your work like you contribute to five different DAOs. you're recording your own contributions uh let's say one of those DAOs is using govern um, so you can actually get it sent uh like sorry get the records sent to that DAO, um and let's say another DAO isn't using govern but is interested they could actually see like that record and, and then say, wait a minute, this is actually really cool. Um, we're happy that you were recording this. And we actually think that the work you did for this other DAO is, is actually very interesting and actually could help us quite a bit. So we're actually gonna, um, one, pay you for that work that you did for that other DAO, and then two, create like a collaboration or a partnership with these two DAOs and all that would have come from your individual work. So I, I, I think there's this really cool idea and still mostly unexplored idea of like building out collaborations from contributor work uh, rather than just like a proposal, for example. Um, but that's that's something I think we're going to see a lot of.
2: v1 was like it was like two weeks ago (laughs) so we're still uh we're still testing
1: it out with a few uh organizations a few DAOs, and then we're going to open it up and i'm really excited for that because i know there's a lot of people who just who want to use it and see the value of it and it's such it's Like, the platform's really simple to use, uh, but it's also something that's, you know, just so necessary, and we see it all the time. Um, I think the cool thing is, uh, especially when DAOs are using, like, uh, especially when DAOs are using Govern, you can also have, like, attestations for your work. So let's say, you know, you say you did this, you say you made this contribution, someone else, like another contributor, for example, can actually verify it or attest to it on the platform and say, yes, we like, I attest that Keith has done this. And that just makes kind of the whole process easier because you know that at some point someone will, will lie and say they did something that they didn't do. So being able to have attestations just kind of makes the whole process easier. Um, cause at the end of the day, I mean, this is what, this is what blockchains and crypto is about at the end of the day. is like being resilient, being able to okay. verify, regardless of what the situation is. So it just kind of helps with, with
2: that whole thing. Yeah, things were very different six months ago. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean the last month has just been like really active. A lot going on. But it's really cool to see. Especially now that it's it's that it's out there. It's like, yeah, this is this is gonna be great.
2: <laughs>
1: um it's about it's about five full time. Um and then another about another five that are contributing. So we are We'll probably, we'll probably end up bringing in a few other full time people fairly soon in the next few months. But yeah,
2: in total, it's about 10.
1: <laughs> there were, yeah, there was a pre seed, um, I think it was like between December and January. So it was before I came in. Um, but there, you know, there'll be another raise probably closer to the end of the year.
2: Yeah <laughs> Yeah Now, he's, he's the best. It's been, it's been really great working with him. But Oh, that, that makes sense. Yeah, that that's the one. Yeah. That's the one good thing about these conferences. It does such a good job of like bringing these people together. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's pretty great. AmCon should be AmCon should definitely be a good time. I think. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Oh man, it's so much fun. Yeah, no, for sure. It's gonna be a good time. <laughs> do it now, do it now. Yeah, I wonder how many people are gonna be compared to last year. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it was really small and intimate. That was great, though. Yeah. (laughs) Like, tens of thousands of people. Oh, man. I, I, uh, oh, really?
1: Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, East Denver was massive. Um, I also went to (laughs) I went to Bitcoin Miami last year, and that was just absolutely insane. There were so many people; it was overwhelming.
2: It's, it's a very different,
1: like almost completely different. <laughs> Not too many Dalists. Um Well, I, I ended up going because a lot of my um, friends from like, you know, other areas of the space um, ended up going. And it was also like, that was the first, <laughs> that was the first conference after COVID. So a lot of people just ended up going there. I also it was funny i also found out um chase and i were were at the same uh party but we didn't know each other then so we had no idea like who each other was which is hilarious um i went to miami this year but i didn't go to the conference i went for like uh, like a lot of the the same friends i mentioned ended up going back so i just kind of went to hang out with them um but the funny thing is i do notice there are a lot of like eth people who end up going and just like go to different events or go to like the
2: side events and stuff like that so that's always a good time Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, and then, like, you know, in general, I have a lot of friends who live in Miami. Um, Miami's super close to here, so it's pretty easy. (laughs) Denver's a bit harder to get to, usually.
2: Jeez. All right, I I can't complain anymore. (laughs) 30 hours okay yeah yeah That's that's the right way to do it. Jeez, yeah, that's that's insane. Okay, so you're gonna go to Berlin. Ah, makes sense. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, and and yeah, it's like this is also why, like, when things are in New York, for example, even Miami is is really easy to get to. Um, when they're not, it's, it just makes it so much harder. So I, I do hope people take that more into consideration going forward, but we'll see. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah, it's not these. easy.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, very luckily we are just pretty close to the U S in general. Um, so that definitely helps. And like our, our offerings for, for flights are getting like gradually better. So like, for example, Miami is like half an hour from here. New York is three hours from here direct. So it's really easy. Uh, but but the more west you go, the more the more like. Harder it is like that. It doubles or triples. Basically. Oh, it's tiny. I mean, we have the so the whole country it's an archipelago so we have many different islands um but the country has about like 400,000 people um and the island i live on is probably about half that or just over half
2: <laughs> so it's pretty small but also pretty dense sorry Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> question. I, I, feel like we covered so much. Um, let's see.
1: Is there... Um, wh- okay, what, what, do you, what do you see as like... What is, what is the next two years? Like, let's say this bear market lasts another two years. What do you see happening overall in the space? Like anything new or kind of just people hunkering down to build or... Something else just jumps
2: out of nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's like all these dials are going to be all of those things put together. Um but yeah, you're right. I think like the connections with Define entities are going to grow. Um, I think to Especially in the bull market, like people were just like joining DAOs. Let's raise so much money. Let's do this. Let's do that, Um, without really planning things out or without like thinking about how this affects you know different things. Um, I definitely think now it's going to be a lot more thoughtful, a lot more like well thought out in terms of what DAOs do, how DAOs like operate. I think we're gonna, especially like the conversations happening right now about governance, like, like 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 Maker for example. I think we're gonna have a really good kind of multiple conversations or just focus on how to make uh, governance better and how to do it in ways that, um, and I mean, just across the board, right? Gonna a lot of good conversations about just ways to, to improve DAO governance as a whole or just bringing about new kind of uh, paradigms for governance. like like you know with, with govern for example i think we we definitely think a lot about um you know the eventual rise i guess of contribution weighted governance instead of um uh token token weighted governance uh which really can only be possible with say like contribution management happening in daos more and more so there's like stuff like that um i think in general we're Going to come with a lot of different ways to operate, and just like you said, like I think a lot of collaborations going to be built during this time. A lot of like tools, DAO tools, are going to integrate with each other, like composability. I really hope, but I, I do think uh, we're going to just see a lot more composability, like tools working together, DAOs collaborating with each other, and stuff like that. Because because yeah. then it, it just goes back to the resilience thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, it's funny because at first, when I first got into DAOs, I thought token governance was so good and so important because it's like, well, the tokens allow things to be liquid and allows people to, to exit whenever they want to. But then over time, I realized, oh, tokens, (laughs) token weighted governance makes things really, really hard, actually. So we need to find better ways to do it. (laughs) Yo. Oh. yeah no absolutely it's it's I mean, so you know colectivo, for example, which is kind of um another part, kind of the overarching part of both like the Dallas and Prime out, but is also like a separate project, but it's focused on refi um in in Curacao in the Caribbean mainly, and I definitely think we're gonna see a lot of I, I, we're gonna see more projects like that, which are like. DAOs focus on, you know, specific communities, which I think is going to be really powerful. Um, and then you combine that with with ReFi in general, and, like, you see a lot of um, projects focused on, like, whether it's, well, you know, whether it's, like, carbon credits and carbon markets or just uh, 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 forestation, things like that, or even just, like, <laughs> things like local food security is going to be really powerful. Um, so there's just so much so much potential there, really. Um, Because at the end of the day, it's just like doing all these things in in a way that's better organized or more easy to organize. Yeah. I hope so, too. Yeah, I mean, shout out, shout out, shout out to (laughs) shout out to collectivo like really pushing forward and showing the way but yeah no this is great
2: (laughs) oh yeah this is fun.
1: this of course these are honestly these are like the the best i don't know if you consider like call it a podcast or, or but these are the best kind where it's kind of just you know, open, fun, casual conversations.:
2: <laughs> See you at Mcon. I'm excited. Peace.